The Youthscape Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Youthscape. And I'm sat here with my good friend and colleague and co-presenter, and not man of the cloth, but man of the hour, Martin Saunders. Not a man of the cloth, but a man of the hour. I because like that. That's my new Twitter in. bio. Yes, brilliant. Oh my goodness. And who am I? You are spectacular. <laughs> Producer Rachel's taking the photo, so I'll just put it in place. Yeah. So I'm Rachel Gardner. Oh yeah, sorry, you're Rachel Gardner. <laughs> there yeah. we are. You were asking me literally who you were. Literally who I am. I thought not you wanted me to not say... Not metaphorically. I, they, I used to know a, a person once who yeah. would always give prophetic words, and they were always the same. They were always a different colour. Oh. So they would say, I see green. Ooh. For you Ooh. right now, Gosh, and and I, I think the Lord would say um, that there's a real picture of green in your life, oh and you goodness. go, okay, oh. great, and then you take that and weigh it, and then but then a couple of weeks later you speak to them again, and they'd be like, oh yeah, I'm really, I believe the Lord is saying yellow You're for like, you. What? Like, I've just changed my wardrobe. Hang on a minute, yeah, yes. yeah. So it was like oh, a sort of spiritual, colour me beautiful. I think that's maybe that's what they were. Really. But I'm trying, I'm struggling to find something. We're both wearing Profound. black today. Well, anyway, no, I just wanted, to, I just wanted that, you to basically say that I'm Rachel Garner. Is your t-shirt Garner. torn? No, it's supposed to be like this. It's like, it's slashed in, with intent. So today's podcast guest is de- our dear friend, Evie Rodderman. And yes. we talk about international youth ministry, particularly Europe. We do mention the B word. Yes. So I should just do a little yes, caveat. At you this should. Point. Yeah. So the honest truth, dear listener, is that with our limited resources, we do have to re- record the Youthscape podcast back in nineteen ninety three. That's right. So we're we're looking forward <laughs> to the vote about whether we join the Euro. Mm. Um, no, we, uh, we 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 do record it in advance, somewhere in advance, and we're recording this just before uh, the vote on uh, whether we delay the Brexit deal. Mm. And so, um, so we're operating on the, the sort of the, the understanding that probably by the time you hear this in May, mm-hmm. we will have left the European Union. And we'll be part of Canada. <laughs> Something will have happened. Everything will be on fire. Yeah. And uh, the pound will be worth about 10 cents mm. uh, or something like that. Uh, but it is also equally possible that something happened. Yeah. In, in the interim. And so when we uh, have the bit in the interview where Evie talks about Brexit, yeah. that yeah. will not make a lot of sense. It will not make much sense. So or you might think, why are they not talking about this? But it ain't happened yet yeah, yeah. for us. So, so yes. we, don't, we don't know. We're living in, in many ways, a, a simpler time, mm, aren't we? A chaotic time, the swirling mists of time. It's all bonkers at the moment. But, but normally, at this point in the podcast, Martin says, I have a story. I have a story. That has and been the, we listen to these stories. That's been the theme recently. The theme recently. And so the challenge today is, do I have a story? And I because so. we have a, a guest speaking about Europe, I do have a story about being in Moldova. Would you like oh, to hear it? Yeah, I'd love to hear your Moldova I, story. Because I think that, that one of the beauties of interviewing Evie and at Youthscape having dear friends from Kosovo coming over and our team going to Kosovo or going to Moldova or going to Syria or wherever, Iran or Iraq, wherever, is that we get different perspectives on youth ministry, don't we? So yes. my little story is about perspectives. Are you ready for this? I cannot wait. I'm, do you know what? I'm, I'm actually settling it's in. Settling in. I've got a little cushion. Settling in. Chair, I'm settling down. Chair. I can't wait. Well, it's not actually about youth ministry, but I, I went to um, Kishinev, which is the capital 
of um, Moldova and I spent some time with a brilliant organisation called Beginning of Life who work with girls and boys but mainly girls who are sex trafficked and they've sort of from that starting point have developed some great pieces of work that have come out of points of need so why are young people in Moldova struggling so much in terms of education and all this kind of stuff and discipleship and faith? They've, they've developed some brilliant projects. So I went to visit them and do some training, but really spent most of my time thinking, gosh, why am I here? Like, I'm learning so much from these guys. But I was in a hotel and on one of the nights that I was there, I woke up in the middle of the night and um, the whole room was shaking. And initially I thought, oh, there's a massive truck outside. Right. You know, like when you've got a huge vehicle yeah, and the yeah, room's... Yeah, 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 yeah. Then it stopped. Then it started again in the whole room. Have you been in an earthquake? I've never been in an earthquake. And the whole room began to really shake. And I thought, oh my goodness, I'm in an earthquake. Oh. So I was completely terrified. So <laughs> this is when you discover who you really are, don't you? Yeah. So I grabbed my coat... And I grabbed my phone, and I think I might have grabbed my lip balm or something ridiculous, and ran downstairs to the foyer of this hotel and said to this, like, she looked about 12 years old, the girl behind the desk, and I was like, what's happening? What's happening? And her English was very broken. She had English. I don't speak any Russian. And she said, the earth? Shaking? And I was like, I know! I know! So I just went and packed my bag and just sat the rest of the night. I just sat in the hotel room with my bag fully packed, fully dressed, thinking, you know, the infrastructure in this country is just, they just don't have much infrastructure. And how am I going to get out of here if everything is destroyed? Then I sat there and thought, oh my goodness. Rachel, you're sat in a country where this happens all the time. And like, this country is decimated by their, you know, um, communism and just really bad government and awful scandals and people leave Moldova the moment they get any money and any kind of sense of going somewhere else so the Christians that are left in Kishnai who I'm meeting who are working with young people are doing this against all the odds you know and I just felt I just felt gosh I pray about the silliest of little things sometimes mm. and yet God in his kindness he hears me and he doesn't say oh that's not as important as a prayer as somebody in Syria right now or somebody in Malawi right now you're my daughter I'm gonna whatever's on your heart is on my heart and it and it didn't in that moment it wasn't a perspective on youth ministry but it was a perspective on just my own comfort and what I feel entitled to and what I feel God should be doing and it and it really it shifted stuff in me yeah it was it was amazing it was an amazing experience see what you've done is you've opened with a profound story <laughs> had I told that story let me tell you what would have happened it would involve street drama I would have I would have heard, I'd have been naked I'd have popped outside to see what was going on the door, the door closed <laughs> Everybody Aww. from the youth conference would have been would have downstairs been in reception. There'd have been a massive evacuation <laughs> and I'd have been there holding a lampshade over myself. But well, you... I'm so, no, I'm sorry it wasn't. It was you were <laughs> profound. No, it didn't feel very profound. I, it just I don't felt wanna, very real. I don't want to undermine that in any you way. No, okay. Well, there we go. There's my, there's my story. Do you know, so we don't know whether we're leaving the EU, no. but we probably are. Mm. We've probably left. Um, shall we, shall we just years, so so before we I'm gonna in a minute I'm gonna ask you to share some of your favourite things about Europe. Oh, okay. Um, not the uh, not the sort of you know Brussels, but okay. the the whole <laughs> of Europe. Unless you particularly like Brussels, oh, I don't. Uh, but but Europe. Because when I've chatted to our European friends, and we've got friends, uh, uh, we've got good friends at Youthscape who mm. are in Hungary and Poland and as you say, Kosovo and, and mm. France and Germany and Spain and, uh, and other places. And, um, and that just 
all for the last two years, all through the last few years, there's just been this slight bewilderment yes. among them. We had lots yeah. of international and European, particularly delegates, at that last National Youth Ministry weekend, and they're just like, we don't understand what because they see they see it and they think, do you guys, mm. do you guys not like us? Is it mm. On the most basic level, mm. do you as as British people not like us as mainland European mm. people? Uh, because that's the narrative we're, we're hearing. And for some, like in France, when I was last in France, there were people asking for Frexit, mm. you know, um, and, and, and graffiti all over the place that, that, that you know, that asked for that. Um, but, but a lot of people in Europe are just like, why? Why, mm. why have you chosen this? And why are you rejecting us, essentially? So I thought we could do our bit mm. on the Youthscape to podcast. publicly Let's say. Let's begin to rebuild yes. yeah. the connection with our European brothers and sisters. So uh, let's do three things each. Three things each that we love about mainland Europe. Shall I go first? You go first. Because I just feel like I've landed this on you. No, go first. Have you got one? I I do, but but you you go first. You start, you set the bar, because I've I've got one that might not be. This is quite lowbrow. Okay, all right. Uh, So I absolutely love French bread. (gasps) When you step into a French bakery, Mm -hmm. which is called a pâtisserie. Pâtisserie? (laughs) <laughs> or what's that? Is it boulangerie? Boulangerie. You step in there and you have the, the waft. Yes. The glorious waft of oh, baking yes. French oh, bread. Yeah, so I think how how can you not? That is that is why you fall in love. Mm. That's essentially the secret to falling in love. Mm. Just wave a freshly cooked croissant, croissant in front of the nose <laughs> of you of the person you fancy and they will instantly fall in love with you. They will it not is the smell of love. The Youthscape podcast does not support this view. But I love the idea of the whole wafting bread, ah, and it is good. The wafting of little mm, It is. Le pain? Le pain? Le cotejan. Oh my god. Cotejan. Le pain de cotejan. The bread of life. Yes, love it. Okay, right. So my one is what I love is that when you're on main, when you're in mainland Europe, yes. you, you can travel from one country to the next. And there are borders and you get your passports out, but it's a lot softer. Mm. And actually, I think because of that, the moment I'm in France or Germany or wherever, you kind of feel like the whole of Europe is open to you. And I, don't, and I know that in reality it isn't, and it, you know, it is and it might not be now. But just that open sense. So I can really see why our friends on mainland Europe say, do you not want us? Because people in the UK are voting around Brussels, aren't they? And about sticking it to our government or the rest of it. But actually, if you're living on a continent where actually you can pop across to another country for the afternoon, mm. and that is your way of life, to have a little island saying, no, we don't really want you, we want to kind of mm. disappear this way, that's quite helpful. So I quite like that kind of open skies, go anywhere mm. kind of thing. I think that's, that's good for your psyche, I think. So this is a, uh, a very general one. Okay. But I, I'm going to make it specific to a couple of nations. Okay. The incredible friendliness of Dutch and German people. Okay. <laughs> I, I've never met Aww. a Dutch person or a German person that Isn't I don't absolutely love instantly. Aww. They are just warm open. and open and yep. they tend towards at least appearing extroverted and hospitable mm. and uh, and just generally lovely. Mm. And uh, and I particularly have noticed that amongst the Dutch and Germans. Mm. But actually there is a real there's there's, there's a lack of cynicism. Yes. So I think the problem with, with the UK's culture is it's hyper-cynical. I, th- I, th- I was going to say that, actually. So it's a yes. high-context yes. culture, yes. Yes. and the context is cynicism. Yes. And so we don't, you know, we talked about banter and how we, you know, yes. sometimes in friendship, human, you're not yeah. really friends with people who are really successful. You don't like them instinctively. Mm. Whereas in 
in in in, in mainland Europe, generally speaking, yes. people are just pleased for you. Yes, they're just pleased for you. They just take well, you your word. Friends, like really, they do. The Germans, yes. they're Germans, and yes. they're, they're Germans Brilliant. especially. So fantastic. That's so lovely. So um. I, my family live at Ashburnham Place, and actually, ever since the last 20 years, we've had international students coming and living with us, mainly from Europe. And I would agree with that. I would say that actually, you don't find cynicism in the mm. same way in our friends from Spain and Portugal. And so, yeah, that's one of mine. I like, you're going to find this interesting. I like the whole shutter culture. So I'm oh. a raging extrovert, but I quite like that you can go through some little villages in Europe and mm. the shutters are down, and people are just like, I'm just chilling out. And, and, and part of me is like, is, does anybody live here? Like, this place is quiet. But I think that little culture of afternoon siesta, chilling out, take things slowly, have a good lunch. I think madly kind of zooped up yeah. British culture could learn a lot from that, couldn't I we? I agree. Except when you haven't got any food and you need to find a supermarché. Oh, a boulangerie. And, and, and everywhere's it's, closed. It's close Wednesday afternoon. Don't there understand. We go. Yeah. Right, do you want to keep going with this? One more. Producer Rachel's is making sure that we're not going to... Yeah, okay, here we go. One end. more. Yeah. And that is... Uh, this is, I'm sorry, this is very personal and you won't care at all about okay. this, but the European Champions League. Ooh, I love European football. Okay. And I love that it's, there's genuinely a sort of a beautiful spirit about fans from other countries mm. travelling overseas and a bit of, there's a bit of tourism that goes mm. on. Mm-hmm. There's not very much hooliganism. Mm-hmm. It's not very much really, really in the context oh, of it. Really? No, 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 it's not. Okay. There's, a t- there's a little bit of mm-hmm. that. But generally speaking, Thousands, tens of thousands of, of, of fans traveling every week during the season. And, and you, good. you know, you, you're normally a supporter of Arsenal or something, and you yes. get to experience the, the delight, the cultural delights of Hamburg or something. Mm. You wouldn't go there for any other reason, you get to have a little holiday. Oh, and, and they come to us, and, they, so we and you see them. Europe, you don't see we? them in, uh, going around London and having a yes. lovely time. So we love need football. Europe. So the message from the Youthscape podcast that we fully stand behind is Europe, we need you. We love you, and of course, our favourite thing. She's not a thing, but our most favourite export from Europe is, of course, Ebby Rodderman. Oh yes. And so, this is. I'm getting all choked. I'm not actually. It's got a crumb back in my throat. But are you choking? <coughs> I thought you did a little burp. <laughs> I thought it's, you were trying to hide biscuit. a little, a little it's burp. It's a biscuit. Let's pretend it's a little kind of choked moment. Sure. Sorry, choking up. Rather than burp. <laughs> but this is my interview with the wonderful, beautiful. We love you, Ebby Rodderman. Youthscape podcast. Yeah, that's a good one. That'll make it. So, um, Evie, welcome to Youthscape Towers. I, I'm going to start by asking you the most important question in the interview because you actually do listen to the podcast, don't you? I do. And um, <laughs> there are two interviewers. I mean, not there's two hosts. There's myself and there's Martin. Would you say you have a favourite, Evie? <laughs> Should I be politically correct? It's a, it's a brutal German. I love you, Rachel. <laughs> and the reason I know Sorry, this Martin. is because every sat down, I said, "Listen, Martin's really good at asking questions. I'm generally terrible. I love what I'm going to say." And you were very sweet and said, "I like, I like you, Rachel. I like questions." So every we at Youthscape have a very special relationship with you. You don't work for Youthscape, but we've known you for quite a few years. A dear friend have put you in touch with us. Do you yeah. want to explain a little bit about the history with Youthscape in a nutshell? How has it yeah. came to, yeah. to know well, you? Well, we have a mutual friend, it's Bob Moffat. Well, I think lots of us have Absolutely. Bob Oh, I'm, I'm such a fan of Bob Moffat. And uh, as I was um, doing stuff across Europe, and he said, you know, you need to meet this guy, guys at Youthscape. So 
I think we had this odd moment where when I got in touch on Skype with uh, Chris and yes, Martin, yes. and I think we all thought every each other was a bit dubious, but <laughs> but then Bob Moffat said, no, 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 continue. So I think the second conversation was far better. <laughs> so actually, I really like this guy. So yeah. when we actually started to meet and connected, I think on a heart yeah. level, we realized that we are very passionate Mm. But similar things, I mean, you guys here do an amazing job in the UK and I wish some of it could be inspiring mm. to others in Europe and I work more on the European front. So I say, how can we get some, mm. you know, hold of you guys to invest into Europe, uh, European brilliant. youth? Too. Oh, yeah. brilliant, Evie. So here I am, so five years later, we're still friends. It's brilliant, you are still friends. Um, and you pop over every now and then yeah. and do some really key things I think one of the great things that Evie brings to Youthscape is because we are a UK based youth organisation you just really help lift our gaze and lift the horizon and remember Europe and remember different contexts that's such a prophetic role you play for us um, but also quite practically so you we've been working with you around the National Youth Ministry yeah. and you've been helping us connect more yeah. with networks across Europe and we've this is like 25% our guests were European. Oh, sadly not. Oh, not that. Sadly okay, that's not. <laughs> Well, Chris, if you're listening yes, to that, that's the goal. But no, we had 45 Europeans come, um, which was already a progress to the one when we did before. Yes, yeah. And uh, it was actually quite hard because we, we, we love the Europeans to be there and to maybe have some strategic guys with us who could actually be the ones going back home and maybe think, how can we apply this to our mm. own context? Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I think for the UK guys, it's good to meet some of the Europeans because of maybe some of the countries you've never heard of, yes. maybe like Kosovo or other nations and I think yes. how can we together broaden the horizon and yeah. so I just think uh, it's very precious um, that I can be part of hosting the international you know, delegates mm. from mainland Europe and, and making sure it's going both ways yeah exactly exactly so yeah. you've been you're based in Germany in Hamburg yeah. you are a German a true hamburger <laughs> and what I love about the stretch of the call of your life as well that you've had times where you've had a role that has given you kind of influence and authority but and other times where you don't you've been working for a different company but you've done this in your spare time and there's that lovely thread that runs through your whole life which is God has called you to lead this generation and to raise them up as leaders and yeah. you're such an inspiration of you because oh, you do that you. whether that's kind of earning you money or not whether that's earning yeah. money or not so you are such an inspiration to us and also you raise up young women across Europe often in countries where actually there aren't generations above them of women leaders they're 20 something women with no women above them to do that and you've really called them out could you tell us a few stories like what are you seeing at the moment as you travel around mm. europe where's, mm. where's god doing stuff that's just really exciting you in youth ministry yeah i mean when i look at europe in general you know i can be very depressed uh, i feel like yeah. you know it's it's, a, it's an amazing continent it's yeah. very rich in beauty it has amazing people uh, and various cultures and so on, but often the diversity is also what goes against us. You know, that I think sometimes it's very hard even for us as Christians to be aligned for a common cause and saying, God, can you revive our continent? Mm. Can you do it again? You know, so often when I look at the, the newspapers and other, you know, news, I just think I get very, you know, I'm heartbroken by some of the mm. situations in, in our, on our continent. And at the same time, I see a young generation being very willing to take risks and say, we love Jesus, so we want to be doing something which is lasting for eternity, you yeah. know? And so, um, you know, there's, there are loads of stuff I see across um, Europe happening and, you know, where especially the young ones are engaged and one of them probably would be Kosovo um, and we're, I'm happy to take two of you guys from Youthscape yes, with me yeah. in two weeks time and uh, seeing how can we together, you know, impact a small nation 
But, uh, I, you know, even like last year, 400 um, Christians from around Europe and other places gathered and we, we were serving in Kosovo for a whole wow. week. And, uh, Give us an idea of yeah. numbers. So how many, what's the population of Kosovo? It's about 2 million. Which is smaller than some smaller European cities. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's smaller, smaller than my own city I live in, Incredible. which is Hamburg. So and and then, then it has about 1,000 Christians in right. the whole of the nation. So we talk about probably five to seven cities who have a church even and some of them are tiny churches you know 20 you're happy when you have 20 in your church right. i mean the, the one in pristina i relate to a lot um is more than 200 or 300 you know but in general it's tiny mm-hmm. and then going like with us 400 of us going to such a small nation Amazing. i think they've never seen that many christians in one place you know wow. and us uh, you know strolling around the streets and we did a flash mob and other stuff it was just really really um heartbreaking and so inspiring because mm. people were just coming towards you even saying you know what are you distributing here what are you doing here you look also different uh, tell us about your god wow. you know so that was really very inspiring and also yeah. you know sometimes i don't know about you guys but sometimes you know i have this reservation inside of me feeling like oh how do i evangelize someone yes. you know and could it just be brutal like let's say proclamation you just bash someone with the bible and i don't want to but at the same time i want to share the good news and Mm -hmm. then in that context it was it was so easy for us to actually just go out and approach especially young ones you know and be in a conversation with them and they wanted to receive prayer and whatever you know so that's incredible and i was i was touched because it was the young ones mm. also who organized the whole event you know i was so proud of the Kosovo christians i thought you are the the future event organizers you know it was excellent i mean so the, i thought they must have some german heritage there <laughs> it, all <laughs> it did oh, that's incredible so that's Kosovo. you're going yeah. to germany what are you also seeing in other parts of, of europe like we, we don't think about france very often you say yeah. much in France or Spain. well I, I try to visit various nations and yeah. depends on um, what what I'm doing at the moment but in general I see a young generation being very evangelistic out there you know that lots of the, the young ones I mean we say uh, you know it's past us you know going out on the streets and sharing the gospel but these young ones I see amazing guys in France for example now in some of the areas even in, in, in cities in, in Spain and other places where young ones just go out on the streets or even in Germany wow. and we were very um, um, influenced by the turning in the UK which yes. started probably more than two years ago and that is people going on the street it, yeah in Reading in the UK yeah yeah like there's this pastor yeah. Yinka who yes. he started that uh, sorry I forgot his uh, last name now but I'm in touch with him and he said like if you go out on the streets you do two sentences you say Jesus loves you and God has a good plan for your life and then you use that as a, as a starting converse, you know, as an opener yeah. and it's amazing how people respond so in my city of Hamburg, which is very, we never had any revival, nothing, you know, no Christianization over yes. the last, I don't know, 500 years, you yeah. know. And uh, we had more than 700 Christians on the streets last year for two weeks. And we've seen, I don't know, a couple of hundreds, you know, wow. saying, I want to follow your this Jesus, yes. you know, you talk about. So yeah. we think, oh my goodness, is possible again in Europe, you know, to do that. And, and often it's the young ones who are more daring than the older, you know, saying, mm. I can do that, you know, mm. I try, you know. Mm. And I mean, I'm, I'm impressed by the young generation. I mean, when we talk about the environmental concerns, you know, they're out on the streets everywhere. You know, Greta Thunberg from Sweden, yes, she started this and now it's going viral everywhere. And I think, can we use that passion mm. and the, the dynamite, you know, these young ones are, can we use that to mm. actually spread the good news in ways appropriate for a young generation? So I... 
I, I just love what these young ones are out there doing. So, so, so I'm very important. impressed with these. So Brexit, hmm. Hmm. it's more bit depressed now the word Brexit. So um, I'm just wondering, so you are somebody who obviously understands the UK context, you come over here a lot, we partner with you a lot, you also travel around Europe, you've been doing this for years, you're really experienced, you have good friends in these different contexts. Hmm. When you think about the UK, how would you like to see the UK church posture ourselves towards Europe? How would you like to see us... Because obviously things are changing politically. Mm. There's going to be differences. Mm. But we are one church. We're one family across the world. What's your prayer when you think about the UK and youth ministry? How would you like to see us view Europe, reach out mm. to, to brothers and sisters mm. who are mm. colleagues in Europe? What would, mm. you, what would that look like? I think um, there is even, deep, deep, despite Brexit and other places, because yeah. I think we have political unrest in various nations in Europe. But I just think if... The UK, who has so much potential and so much to give, and still has so many Christians, even though we are maybe on the lower end at the moment, mm. but it is compared to other nations in Europe, you have loads and amazing initiatives. And I just wonder if the stuff you have, the resources you have, the the, the mental capacity, the the innovation you experiment here, how can we bring this over to other nations? You know, nations who who maybe need you know a, a new vibrancy in churches who who don't know how to start youth groups anymore you know we see that everywhere in, in Europe where churches are on the decline and what can the UK context help us I mean some of the stuff you do in innovation mm. in restarting youth groups and churches I think we need that wisdom and we need you guys to maybe some us you know change language mm. and not just not just you and us yes. you know and it's not you and you talk about the weather on the continent and how is Europe today you are as much of Europe as mm, we are. So, um, so how can we, you know, do that? Have that kingdom perspective? I think of Europe, than just saying let's build our own kingdom, you know, or let's build our own denomination. But how can the UK think that they're there? That how, how, I mean, I'm praying that you have a burden to see other nations being reached, and I and I'm just really thrilled by what you have, what you offer, mm-hmm. you know. And um, actually, next Sunday, a few of us will meet at the Heathrow Airport. Um, and we would actually spe- uh, um, meet um, some English leaders from the prayer movements mm-hmm. and the German guys would come over because we even the Germans felt this burden of saying whatever happens with Brexit, we, we fear that we haven't prayed enough for your situation, your country. So there's going to be quite a bit of repentance wow. from the German side saying we need you guys in the UK. We need to collaborate no matter what happens. But we as the body of Christ, we are united yeah. and we stand together. So it's going to be probably a historical moment. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. How incredible that um, it always is the younger generations who catch the, the new thing first, mm. isn't it? And have the courage yeah. to do it, whether yeah. that's within church culture, within faith or outside of it. But you're really seeing signs of hope in that, aren't you? I tell do, us, tell yeah. Tell us another sign of hope. Where are you seeing, where are you seeing the younger generations catch the call to, to bring the peace of God in a in a troubled political broken nation. Have you got any more stories? Just yeah, I mean, I just think of, of even the church planting endeavors we gonna we see across Europe. You know, there's some of these. I mean, some of the older generation says, you know, we tried and it didn't work, and so they some of demotivators. But then these young ones, they just say, 
Well, I'm so passionate about church and I want to see a church being planted in my neighborhood. They just do it, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes without any umbrella, any church network, because they're just passionate about it. And so we see these church plants in, in housing estates where you, where nothing has happened before. You know, we see a new generation who moves into neighborhoods. Um, move In is one of these organizations done by young ones. And they just move into these urban areas mm-hmm. where it's very poor in Europe. And they just plant churches in their neighborhood. Mm. And we see incredible response by mm. the people. So we see, I mean, France, you know, we think it's one of the, you know, we talked about the, it's like the mission field and, you know, mm. lots of migrants in there. But we see, I mean, we talked about church planting movements in Europe and ter- in France actually has been like planting a church every 10 days. Wow. And uh, so that was like for us at the moment, like the, the example, you know, God is on the move. I mean, when it's not just one day another church dies, but actually they're growing in church planting movements it's an endeavor on the whole you know national level it's mm. absolutely incredible how they united in prayer but it took them eight years wow. to come to that decision but now after i was just with the spanish and then one of the spanish guys stood up and said you know i'm sorry but we just overtook france we are planting a church every seven days in spain at the moment and as again with the young generation i just think where the young generation collaborates with the older generation you know where is that intercultural and intergenerational leadership i just think god is is blessing that amazing yes. yeah and that is a call to those of us that are like getting a bit long in the tooth isn't it is get on board with what god's doing or just stand aside yeah you know, absolutely yeah. and, and cheer on the others yeah you know? absolutely. absolutely that's yeah. brilliant so what one thing could we be praying for you evie because your list leaders are listening to this so mm-hmm. people listen to this that understand the heart of leadership that for all the excitement and the joy and the signs of hope it can feel isolating mm. it can feel difficult especially when we have a calling where God shows us things or asks us to agitate about stuff that others don't want to hear about yet. So what can we be praying for you? I just um, I just hope and pray that I, I am, you know, because I'm in this age in between, you know, I'm 48, so I'm not young anymore, but I have, I'm very passionate about the young yes. generation, so how can I be the best bridge builder ever yes. possible between denominations and cultures and so on, saying, I'm, 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 you know, I'm fighting for the young generation to find their place in church and I'm asking churches to become you know youth focused once again mm. but even in there being willing to sometimes you take some beatings you know <laughs> from whoever you know whatever sides out there but that god will help me just to take to just to say uh, true to my calling yeah, absolutely we will definitely be praying for you for that thank you how was that experience was that all right did we miss martin <laughs> Was there a Martin-shaped hole, Evie, or was no? We can greet him by a distance. <laughs> we love you, Martin. <laughs> Brilliant. The Youthscape Podcast. Well, I'm, I'd like to argue that there's a Martin-shaped hole in all of us. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was pretty brutal, wasn't it? I mean, I'd said all those nice things about the Germans. Yeah. And then she leads off with, I prefer you. I know. And it was she thought it through as well. That wasn't an off-the-cuff mm. comment. She actually does prefer you. <laughs> That's, uh, I mean, we've talked before about most of the people listening to this thing. No. Just Rachel Gardner fans, aren't they? No, not I'm just a window dressing. No, part of the uh, the benefit of listening back to all of these is that I realise how annoying I sound. I don't ask one short question. I ask like this essay of questions and then look at our guests and go, so? And they're like, which part do I answer? So I think if you were not here, Martin, we wouldn't get anything good out of anybody. Oh, I think a lot of people would listen to the Rachel Gardner Deconstructed podcast. <laughs> The unravelling. So, uh, so yeah, so I take everything back that I said about the Germans. <laughs> 
and she uh, and I'm, I'm I'm glad we left. She secretly adores you. It's good. It's so, beautiful. I, th- I tell you what, honestly, yeah. to be really serious, what strikes me in that interview, and every time I talk to Evie, mm. is how gracious she is. Not not just about the Brexit thing, but about um, the wisdom that she feels the UK church has to offer. Mm. And put that in the context of the fact that the UK church has been imperialistic mm. for years in terms of exporting its leadership wisdom. Mm. You know, we are second only to America in our self-importance. Mm. And, uh, you know, we certainly will, will travel the world telling people how to do it. And actually, here is a voice from, from Germany who, where they do... She does brilliant stuff. She's yes. involved in a youth conference that absolutely dwarfs the yes. thing that we run. Yes. Um, and here she is saying, no, we've got, we've got loads to learn from you guys. And so don't, don't talk about them and us. Let's just talk mm. about us. I think that's really profound. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm choking up. Mm. No, she does. And I, she speaks to our team quite regularly, doesn't she, when she comes over. And, and I think Evie is, is somebody who, she has such a heart for the whole of Europe, which, which in of itself is such a challenge, isn't it? Because how big is my vision for what I want to see? But she also just speaks so specifically into into individual lives within Youthscape. She remembers things. She remembers Mm. our names. She she seeks people out. So she models that really um, present leadership where she is operating at quite a high level and does lots of big things. But she remembers people. She remembers what's going on. And I think she's a wonderful example of of leadership that that really works, actually. Now, the other day... (laughs) Yes. Evie... Oh, I've just remembered something. Evie stayed over... At uh, Chris Curtis's house, I, d- I mean, I don't want to make a big thing about this. I've talked about this before on the on the podcast, uh, but I should quickly add when I say that Evie stayed over at Chris Curtis's house, that I also stayed over at Chris Curtis's house, and the family too. And in the house are many and rooms. There are many houses. <laughs> in, you know, in my father's house, <laughs> many rooms. There are many rooms, and uh, and so we all we all stayed over, and uh, we had a meal together, and then um, also we watched some television. Mm. Oh, we had a conversation. God TV stuff, isn't no, it? no, we didn't get onto God TV because well. because Evie's, you know, actually incredibly gracious and kind. Mm. And whereas Chris and I like to spend time watching Pentecostal preachers, she does too, but for very different reasons. Mm. Um, so, um, so, so we first of all we had a meal together, and uh, and then we had a conversation about something, a cultural phenomenon that you may not have heard of. Did you know that there is a um, a, a guy called Freddie Frinton? who is a comedian, British comedian from the 1950s, died maybe 50 years ago, uh, who did a comedy sketch, uh, I think in English, which got picked up by German television in the black and white era. And now, every New Year's Day in Germany, wow. the, every, every German sits around and watches this comedy sketch. It's about wow. half an hour long. Oh, wow. And it's this British, unknown British comedian, who's never famous in the UK, Freddie Frinton. Um, and uh, and basically he um, he made this one comedy sketch which got really big in Germany and now they all watch it as an institution they've been going for 50 years and it's now on about 8 times oh, wow. through New Year's Day so you can't miss it so while we're watching the snowman and the snow dog that's their they version watch... what is, what's the humour is it, is it so a it's comedy a, about the UK the joke is it's a, a rich uh, uh, duchess at dinner and she's got a dinner party I think she's short sighted or something and she thinks she's having a dinner party with loads of guests and it's just her and the guests haven't turned up. I may okay. be represent, misrepresenting it a little bit. And Freddie Frinton plays the butler and he has to do all the different voices and be all the different guests. Oh, wow. And that's the joke. Apparently yes. it's not funny at all. Pretty Certainly not now. And to a British, we talked about British cynicism yes. earlier. The British like, would turn their nose up. 
But but the Germans absolutely love it, and they all watch Freddie Frinton religiously every year. That is amazing. amazing. That is amazing. That's not even the story. The story was oh. in the context of that, we sat and watched Alan Partridge. Did she find it funny? She did not get it at all. No. She lit. She could not understand. And it's all about the underdog. It's about laughing at the underdog, and she, Evie doesn't she, do that. She couldn't understand no. why we were laughing at this man, and Chris and I were crying with laughter. Yeah. It was the obituary episode, if you've seen it, which is especially good. Of, of Alan Partridge and uh, she did not have a clue and there's something there mm. some, there's some deep point I think you've got a preaching illustration mm. right? I'm gonna, in fact I'm going to force you to turn this into an object lesson okay. so we're laughing mm. at this thing and we are reading all the subtext and we're laughing at this man making a fool of himself mm. and instead she's just seeing it on face value yeah. I think it's very funny at all she just thinks he's a very horrible man yeah. so how does that tell us about what does that tell us about the kingdom the kingdom of God is the woman who watches the car crash on TV that everyone else laughs at, but because she doesn't see him as other, she she sees herself right next to him, and she realizes that actually his story could be her story too, and wow. so she body blocks, and so she becomes. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. No, it's brilliant because you basically <laughs> just described our relationship on the Youthscape podcast. Because I am, in many ways, mm. the Christian Alan Partridge. But we don't laugh at you. We laugh with you, at you, with you, at you. It is, but it is an interesting thing about humour, isn't it? Because I wonder if the things that we find funny do reveal maybe our fears, our anxieties, yeah. the things that we're most concerned about being laughed at ourselves And, and our cynicism. Yeah, and, and our so cynicism. Brits love Alan Partridge mm. because he plays to all of that stuff. Yeah. Whereas for a German, it just doesn't make sense. And it lets us off. It allows us... Because we want to not do that in life, so it allows us a little avenue for that. Interesting at Ashburn and Place, where I where I grew up, <clears throat> and you have all these international students all living together. The best times were the evenings where we would do drama, we'd do skits, and we'd do songs. And looking back now, none of it was very funny, but there was something about all of us together laughing at the face value. Was so really on the nose thing, but all of you together laughing it together became really intoxicated because actually you're saying it's not that that's funny, it's that the fact that we're sharing this together and we're all on the same page. Mm. It makes you want to laugh because you're not laughing at someone's expense, you're just saying we all get this, don't we? And we're all from different cultures and we don't all speak the same language, but we get this and we're, un- and we're united. And I think that is quite an interesting question that as Brits. Maybe we opt ourselves out of that space. Yeah. You know, are we are we a little bit of a cynical kid in the corner? Well, that is what we do these days. <laughs> we opt ourselves out. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, so, so story. Anyway, if you uh, if you voted to leave, then uh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> well, sorry. no, they're right to vote. People have a right to their own votes. Uh, that's absolutely fine. But uh, that's it for another yes. Youthscape podcast. Yes. yes. Um, See you on knew, the other side. If we knew more languages, we'd say goodbye in them. Auf Wiedersehen. Au revoir. A bientôt. That's the same Bonne language. Week. That's the same language again. Um, we've got some shout outs just to do. Oh, we do. We should do the um, normal shout outs and yes. I will um, do a few some. European ones. Lovely. Okay, so we have Ben Doggett, Rory O'Halloran, Angela Tuff, and Christine Blair. And then the additional ones. In mainland Europe, we have uh, our beautiful Hungarian friends. Yes. Uh, Tamas Oblonsky and Aaron Oblonsky and uh, their wonderful team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evie Rodderman and every intern she's ever sent our mm, way at Youthscape. There have been them. many, but Veronica and Nancy uh, particularly. Um, our wonderful Alban <coughs> Krasinski in Kosovo there. 
Um, and all our friends in, in France, Germany, yeah. Holland, Spain, Switzerland. Switzerland. Oh, we're at the same time. We said Switzerland together. Do you think we should go to Switzerland and do a, a Youthscape podcast? I see yellow. I see yellow for you. I see red and white. Do you know Switzerland. in Switzerland there's an amazing pasta? Evie gets very upset when I talk about this because she Why? knows I'm going to be a bit funny. But um, there's an amazing pasta called Leo Bigger. Oh, let's go there. You're the dream bigger guy. So he come really on. is Leo Bigger oh, as well. Right. He okay. is, he's just this like handsome, muscular kind of man. Alpine man. man. He is an alpine man. Brilliant. And I, I, in my head, when he preaches, he has his shirt off. But I know that's not true. What? I just imagine he would, <laughs> I imagine he'd have a sauna. And then he'd just come out and go, guys, so, let's share the gospel. That's so Dutch. So why why are we going to go and see him then? Uh, because he's got an amazing church that's enormous. Okay. And he's managed to get it sponsored by Samsung. Right. So when You know, like you... Um, let's go. You know when you have like a football stadium uh-huh. that's called like the Emirates Stadium mm-hmm. or something? Um, uh, his is called like the Samsung Worship Brilliant. Center. Brilliant. Not well, like Worship Well, I'll tell you what, we need to go back to Richard Langmead, Urban Saints. Yeah. Because he's, he's, he once on a podcast very unwisely said he'd take us all, all of us in the youth ministry community. To Switzerland. Uh, yeah. Basically, to let's that go. Whole conference there. So let's, let's join the two up, keep our shirts on, and do this conference. Dream Leo Bigger. The Youthscape podcast is always free. But if you'd like to support us, find us on patreon.com slash youthscape. Thank you. How was that experience? Was that all right? Did we miss Martin? <laughs> was there a Martin-shaped hole, Evie? Or was there? We can greet him by the distance. <laughs> we love you, Martin. <laughs> Brilliant.